Hi, Jeremy. Hi, Raphael. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Hey. <laughs> hey. I did wish you we happy actually, year on New Year's Day, though. Yeah, we actually saw each other. Yeah, that in, was cool. In, in the fleshiness. Yeah, it was in, in like, it was like in New York where, and no one was in New York except us. <laughs> That's what it felt like. Well, we, we went to see a play on December 30, and then you guys came over for brunch on January 1. Yeah, but it, we, we were honored with a double visit because you were only in New York for four days and you had a lot of things to do. Yeah, but it felt like um, it did feel kind of like we rented the city. Like when we, you know, when we went, we had a drink and we were in a, in a in a lounge and we were the only people there, which is kind of funny. It was like a it was like The Shining or something. We went to the shed, <laughs> which I don't think is the most popular success. Uh, but <laughs> Clearly, Cecily not. Strong was in a, in a one woman show and uh, yeah. we enjoyed it. And then we had drinks. Yeah, it was quite nice. Yeah. But it felt, yeah, it kind of felt like uh, a little eerie. I was also staying at the Ace Hotel in Brooklyn. I don't know if the Ace has a good or bad reputation with artists, but they have art. <laughs> they they have art mm. residencies and stuff. So I always pick them. If if our listeners have a better choice of uh, gal- of New I York mean, hotels, it, it, it's a recurring topic. This like, are we ever getting back to normal after the lockdown? But it seems hotels are not doing great well this is what i was gonna say like they're like pick a floor any floor what room would you like and then we so we got like the best room in the hotel when we were checking out the woman's like i love that room it's the best room we didn't even know was it was it a good room no it was i mean the view was incredible like it had a great view of the statue of liberty which i didn't know a hotel in new york had a view of (laughs) yeah uh so there you go um i always enjoy that that hotel like this this feeling I just imagine if your house and your view are amazing, any hotel would be a letdown. But if you have a normal place and then just for three days you have something that you don't have normally. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, just, I'm yeah, a, we used to yeah. live in this tiny, tiny apartment. And I remember sometimes staying in a hotel and like, this room is three times the size of my apartment. Well, I realized one, I can like kind of write some of these hotel costs off if I'm traveling for business. But two, like I don't stay in a hotel very often. So I should probably you know, make the most of it if I do, right? Especially during COVID. Like, how much have I traveled? Um, so, yeah, you know, for a difference of price and probably like 30%, because Airbnbs are extremely expensive. I didn't realize this in New York. Oh, so maybe they are doing well. Because my I saw my cousin or nephew, I never f- remember, but he was staying in New York and he had like that sort of new young people's Hyatt. Yeah. And that it was a hundred bucks a, a night. Which I don't know that's if that sounds shocking, low. but yeah. that's really cheap that's, for New York. Yeah, I've never heard of anything like that. Not since. Uh, yeah, and he showed me it was like in Chelsea with an incredible view, and he's like, "Yeah, I don't know. I just went to Booking. dot com." And I hope this doesn't sound crass, but the last time I saw prices like that, it was like nine eleven. Uh, so it's mm. like it's like a worse comedian's joke, but it's actually true. Like yeah, I remember yeah, traveling yeah. to New York. We right got after a view 9/11. of the rubble. <laughs> I remember. Uh, re- yeah, sorry, didn't mean to laugh so hysterically at that, but. Uh, <laughs> Because obviously it was a tragedy, but like I remember in the time right after 9-11, it was actually, I stayed in a lot of nice hotels in New York because it was super cheap. It was, But back then it was, 150 was considered good. Someone told me this saying, there's those who cry and those who sell tissues. <laughs> and those who sell silk, uh, silk, um, I guess, handkerchiefs, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I remember during, uh, I was in, the first time I ever came to New York, there was a blackout. And so everyone got locked out of their hotels and had to sleep in a park. So imagine paying for a hotel and then not being able to get into your room because there's no electricity sleeping outside. 
That's weird. Why wouldn't they let the people in the rooms? They couldn't get them in because the all the lock systems were electronic, which reminds me, for new, oh, for weird. Christmas, I got a new... Isn't that a fire hazard? Shouldn't there be some kind of <laughs> key thing? I guess maybe it was yeah. an administrative problem, like, you know, letting 300 people in and out of their rooms would have been too yeah. much. I don't know. I just got a, a lock, um, like an electronic lock for my door here at our okay. house. Um, so I don't I've, have I've keys thought anymore. about that. Yeah. Let me know how it works. Yeah, it works pretty well. It works like 75% of the time it unlocks for me when I arrive home. <laughs> I say yeah. 75% of the time because like every once in a while it won't work. So it keeps me guessing. And then I just have to tap so then, a button on my watch. What, what's the point if it doesn't work? Even if it w- doesn't work one out of 100 times, you can't leave the house without your keys. Oh, no, no, no. It, it always works. You can always unlock it. It's just whether it unlocks automatically, like whether it recognizes you walking up to the oh, door. Okay. Mm-hmm. But there's a, there's a thing... With the, so, let's say it runs out of battery. There's no power. Then you can still use your key. Yeah, yeah. It just but goes the, on top the, of that. the dream is. I mean, the dream is, hopefully that we're free from our phones too. But the dream is that you don't need a wallet and a set of keys, and you just walk out the door with your phone. Yeah. At this point, in uh, I could do. I need my phone, and 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 that's probably it because my car's key is on the phone. All my in Ontario and Canada, they're starting to put ID. Your ID can all go on your phone. So but but idea. how is it like if you run out of battery and you get home? There's a problem. That's going to be the problem forever. Yeah, we're going to have to just. I think the future is yeah. in batteries. You should be investing. <laughs> mm. um, yeah, but how is your? I mean, you don't. I guess whenever I talk to people who are self-employed um, who don't have like a nine to five, I mean, they don't really think of the holidays as holidays like or vacation so you say no i i usually with vacations i get a little down because my programmer is away and so i'm not working on stuff and i feel kind of low energy or like i know what it is but still emotionally i'm like the train is not rolling and i Mm -hmm. get kind of i wouldn't say anxious but more just like yeah frustrated or something i i kind of sensed that uh when i was there with you you had you had like kind of a a brooding you know kind of ness to your to yourself but i mean i just thought there's a pandemic everyone's dying oh i (laughs) i trouble i have been i have been uh i think the whole thing with the vaccine i was hoping we're getting out of it and now it just seems like this is forever and i've i've had my moments where i'm just like Everybody just deal with it. Let's get on with life. And then I, I'm like, okay, I understand. And, uh, yeah. And I don't mean to, I've already moved on to laughing about people dying. Like I've become terrible. Um, I didn't mean to be insensitive. I know people are getting sick, but apparently this version of the virus is less deadly, right? Um, I, I have no idea. Like I, I really hear all kinds of different things in each country. I, I can't grasp it too anymore. Soon. Still too soon. But yeah. the, my gut feeling is just like, it, I want things, I want to be able to have business travel again. I want to go, like I had a show in Japan and I couldn't go. That's frustrating. So. Well, one of my siblings got COVID this week. So oh. it, it is, but it, they said it was like a flu. So, yeah. Uh, and then they said they were relieved because now they didn't have to wonder what it was like. <laughs> I think we're yeah, kind of at yeah. that stage. Right? I understand. So yeah. The anxiety is like yeah. palpable. I mean, it, it in the Netherlands, it's full lockdown now, so people are really bored and mm. really sucks if you're a teenager and you've just been in this semi-lockdown for. No, two that's and a half who. Years. Like, so I was talking. You know, yeah, I think in in the people I've talked to, their their children are the real kind of 
the tra- the tragedy of this all like there's yeah it's like it's funny i'll t- i'll talk to my parents and they're like oh i don't mind the lockdown but they have a pension they have a home they have everything they don't have to prove themselves mm-hmm. they don't have to invent anything but if you're like 25 now and you think oh i want to start a store i want to start a, a bar i want to start a theater venue and you have no idea what the future is yeah you got to start something though i think like maybe that's kind of a good lead into the topic well yeah the topic of the day <laughs> No, but I like what's been on my mind is like self doubt versus kind of hope. Whenever you get to this new, this like the beginning of a new year. And when I was meeting with you in New York, you were like, I had a great year. Like we, but at the same time, you know, (laughs) there was also this like, you're at the end of the year, right? So you're in this different mode. Um, Like Raphael in the summer was very different. Yeah. What's the next year going to be like? I thought though, like, you know, because it's the beginning, it's a new year, new you, new whatever. It's always an opportunity to try again. You know, it's the next iteration. Um, and so I thought, while well, in the first 10 minutes of this podcast, um, at the last minute, I put together an NFT this weekend. By, by last minute, I spent the last three weeks rendering something. And so it was ready today. I thought it'd be fun just to like list it while we're on yeah. the air. And we'll um, put it in the show notes. Oh, we can do that. Yeah. Like, And so yeah. here's the thing. Like, Maybe it gets a bid by the end of this podcast maybe it doesn't all the money's going to go towards funding some work i'm doing with a gallery in berlin called panka gallery um they should change their name to pancake gallery <laughs> it sounds like that anyway i just like them because they pretty much do everything almost like volunteer for the community and so um that's very i know it's not very rare it's rare enough though that i think uh, especially in berlin yeah. it's special I'm I'm supposed to be in a group show that I've been talking a little bit with uh, Sikorsky. Yeah, great. And, uh, but I've never seen it, so it's it's hard for me to grasp what it is. The gallery? And, it's like really yeah. rough around the edges. It's also a yeah. club uh, that's owned by like a yeah a rapper. Yeah, exactly. From, so he, yeah. <laughs> he he showed me this uh, 3D model that you could go around with your mouse and yeah uh, yeah. Imagine like the loosest definition of a space. <laughs> like it has a floor. <laughs> but the floor is not like even it has walls but one of the walls is like leads to the club anyway there's it's it's got its charms um it has a courtyard but the courtyard what's the what does the name panka mean uh panka means um yeah what is the definition there why am i i feel like i've been told the definition i don't know um yeah, I think it, it, it there's some, probably some East German reference. I, I can't remember. It's yeah. in Vetting in Berlin. Um, but Sikrowski had always had dreamed of opening a club and a gallery. So the club part is actually intentional. Um, they found the space and then they found um, it had a club attached to it already. And that was like, everyone was like, don't open a gallery and a club. And Sikrowski fell in love with this kind of quirky little space. And so there it is. Um, and then lots of folks have volunteered to help keep it running a few years now, I think five years. Um, yeah. And we're starting to work on some like online projects too. So, yeah. um, anyway, let's, I just want to set the, what should I set as a reserve price is one ETH. If here, well, tell, what platform are you okay, on? Okay. First of all, it's on foundation. Yeah. And it's, I've only sold two other NFTs on foundation. One never sold. The other sold for one ETH. Yeah. And so I don't think I've ever exceeded one ETH. So I feel weird being putting something over an ETH or less than an ETH. I know that everything's low prices now and you bid it up. I mean, this is a great segment for yeah, providing I, advice. It, it, it's funny. I have no clue. I I, uh, <laughs> I, I sold 
uh, NFTs for ungodly amounts of money. And now I put three of them up for three ETH and one of them sold and the other ones stood there, uh, which is fine. And then I'll j- I'm just going to keep posting stuff for kind of low price and uh, okay. we'll just see what happens. So if I've done one ETH before, I can do one ETH again. Like it's in the same series, right? That's like a safe bet. But the the other one went... The, the highest bid was one ETH or yeah. it started? It started and finished at one ETH. <laughs> There's oh, no I see. I mean, one ETH yeah, is $3,000 yeah. $3, Canadian right now or US. I can't tell. Uh, I guess Something US. Like that. yeah. That's quite a lot. Yeah. But here's the I thing. Know. You know how much it cost me to mint this thing? I was shocked. $170. But how cool is the work? People like it. I put it on social media this afternoon. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so I can go now on your Instagram and see it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Maybe you tell me. Yeah, because you know I don't follow anyone, so I wasn't aware of you. It's a it's a loose reference to something you might be a work you might be familiar with. <laughs> oh, cool! That's pretty good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it always it, it, it no no I love it, but it 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 seems like a bummer to price something low. But, yeah. So, but maybe I yeah honestly I don't know because half an ETH sounds too low for a unique work. Oh yeah, just verbally so yeah just one ETH. yeah let's do that let's see what happens yeah. maybe people it's a good cause it's not going to go to me it's going to go to others i didn't do the split yeah. thing because that would have been really complicated i would have had to sign yeah. them up and everything so yeah, yeah, yeah. okay we're and gonna the, we're gonna list the that title? one it's called oh, the, uh, fi- the metaverse okay, the, f- yeah, the yeah, physical yeah. impossibility of um uh, what is the title actually <laughs> you know what it is in this world you, you can make mistakes as long as you just do stuff i think you know. No, no, no. It, yeah, the physical yeah. impossibility of death in the metaverse, which for our listeners yeah. is a Damien Hurst reference. I, I could see why this would, would have taken long to render. There's a lot of materials. It turns out like a liquid takes, even if it's like a solid block of liquid, takes yeah a long time to render and reflections yeah. and stuff. Okay, let's list even it for on one. Even on the MacBook Pro. Yeah. Yeah, it took three. Yeah, it took. Well, yeah, there's a long story there. Um, but I'm going to list it. One ETH. Here we go. I clicked, uh, waiting for confirmation. Can I click on my wallet? Confirm. And this this is where might you... take three, four minutes. Oh, right? another gas fee of 127 on top of the 170. So it's like, I'll have to, t- yeah. what, will I have any money left at the end of this? I've been basically using the first sale to fund all of these failed sales. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's how the casino works. <laughs> Okay, so it's being listed, and, and there's like a spinning thing. Things take longer now, I guess, because there's more activity. It depends, yeah. I think it depends the time of day and stuff. Um, and I know it's best practice to kind of say like a week before something you're listing something, but I'm not some kind of big NFT artist where I think that's going to make a big deal, a uh, big difference. But I did post it a few hours, which I think is what you're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. Um, I have no idea. I, 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 there's, I don't think there's, there's no any rules. data. Yeah. No. Yeah. For example, I think when I was doing really well with NFTs, when it was sky high, I hardly did anything on Twitter. And now I'm much more active. So I don't think it matters. So this is the point. Yeah, this is why I thought this would be fun to do on the podcast, because here's the thing. You're starting the year. You're an artist, right? You know, and, and let's think back to this January, this time for you last year, right? And you're like, and I remember us talking about, when did we do our NFT emergency episode? It was like... It was around this time. It was like maybe a month into the year. Um, But we were just talking about like, well, let's try this. Okay, it just got listed. Um, And we had no idea what the year uh, held for us. But both of us, you know, in both of our cases, 
And though we, you know, we were very lucky last year, like you with NFTs, I I got a great new job, I think. I say I think because you never know. It's like you're always like, I think Mm -hmm. it's great. Um, But, you know, I I didn't start the year thinking that's what was going to happen. I don't think you started the year. No, I remember you you were still very torn about your job situation. Yeah, we talked about it constantly. Too much, actually. Yeah. No, and I think I was... I was happy making physical work and I was kind of feeling the whole system with domain names just seemed old, but I wasn't sure about the next step. So I'd kind of was moving more and more offline and then NFT happened. Yeah. 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 And I think, you know, and then we had a bunch of podcast episodes where we were like, well, we should just participate. We should try these things out. Right. And, um, and it worked out very well for you and not so well for me. (laughs) But here I am January 1st, the next year, I'm ready to try again, Raph. I'm ready to see, you know, if there's a if there's another way, and uh, and then you know, the same thing, thing with my yeah, job, right? What I really wanted to talk about this episode is uh, growth, and I think your job is all about growing ideas. Mm-hmm. Is that fair to say? Yeah, yeah, that, that's a really yeah. fair thing to say. And people. And so for me, growth, the beginning of the pandemic was a very creative period because I had absolutely no opportunity. Like I had nothing lined up. All the shows were postponed. So I was just sketching every day. I didn't have anything. And as NFTs happened, being paid in an investment instrument comes with a lot of administrative scrutiny and stress and anxiety. And, you know, people are like, oh, you're going to go to jail. You're not doing KYC, uh, blah, blah, blah. And the, the amount of administration in my life has tripled or quadrupled. I started S-Corp and all this and then you're not sketching, you're not doing what you're supposed to do as an artist. And then once you have the assets, whatever they are, they're like, you should put it here, you should put it there. And before you know it, you're, you're just... What I'm trying to say is the normal course of action for any company is like you hire someone to do... The, you get a business manager, you get whatever, so you can focus on your core, whatever that is as an entrepreneur. But then I just have this constant fear of expanding because I just feel like oh it's just more trouble then you're going to do this and then you're going to and before you know it you're managing people you're not actually making yeah yeah there's a there's a book that I often refer people to called the e-myth it's kind of a quaint book but you know written a while back Um, but it really captures this well and it has a kind of opposite point of view in so much as like if your goal is to scale like to be very profitable the the premise of this book and on and the why it's called e myth is it, it stands for the entrepreneur myth but the myth is that if you're just really good at something you'll make a lot of money doing it but the truth is you actually have to um, kind of f- in the book anyway fire yourself as the maker and hire yeah, yourself exactly. as the CEO right so which is which makes a lot of sense in any business except art. Yeah, I think in art it's interesting. You're right because the entire brand is like locked up, and maybe in a few brand, other brands. Like the, the reason you started was, like a lot of people. Well, you are the product. To, that's all I'm saying. No, no, I'm not saying product. I'm saying how do you want to spend your time? <laughs> and so I think a lot of people are like, I'm going to make all this money, so then finally when I'm 65 I can do what I want. Yeah. And so I'm going to do this, and then I can be on the boat, or I can have a a garage with a shop and I can make for custom furniture for my family or whatever actual dream you have instead of selling insurance or whatever it is. And then as an artist, you start out already kind of retired because you're doing what you want. Mm, that's and true. then 
getting a lot of appointments and meetings and uh, people who work with you gets in the way of what you started for. Yeah, and it's funny, like I've started, I work with a lot, a lot of people and so do you, but I've started to hire them for certain things that I know I'm not the best at or that I couldn't possibly do just because of my identity or whatever, right? And I think the first person that an artist in our position usually considers hiring, but it regrets or isn't sure. It doesn't, I don't think regrets is the right word, but like you have a difficult deadline and you have a technical challenge and it's like, should I learn JavaScript between now and a month from now, or should I hire someone to do this? And it's a very anxious kind of moment. At least I had that moment. I don't know if you did. Cause I think, I know you do sometimes work with developers, right? Always. Yeah. 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 yeah always. Um, well, I didn't yeah. want to give away the whole recipe. The no, no, no. But it, 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 it it's a good, um, it's a good topic because I was in art school and Rainier was the boyfriend of a girl in my class. And, you know, we're, we're just going out, having drinks with all the people in our class and we're just talking. And he's like, he was studying computer science, but it was kind of boring. And I was like, hey, I'm working on this animation. Maybe you can help me because I want to make it generative. I want to have a random aspect. And he's like, okay, yeah. And, and then the performance was better, blah, blah, blah. And it was really fun to work together, and we've worked together ever since. Um, and so I've never, I never felt like giving away control and having more work because I'm managing him. It's just, it's very clear he can fix this, he can realize my ideas, and I can have more time making the ideas. Right. So that's a very it's same when you have an accountant or uh, when you when you. There's a lot of, but what I mean is no, no, no. no really, I think it's good. Because I think yeah. also in my career, career outside of art, you know, um, and this has always been a hard struggle for me. I don't know if for our listeners it is, but like I started in design, right? And art near the same time in my life, basically, right? Like I've always been an artist. I've always been a designer. Design kind of subsidized the art making. But at some point I, could, I had to choose whether or not I wanted to continue to design. And I, yeah, this is yeah. actually a choice a lot of designers go through because they get asked to manage other people. Yeah, because you want to have the feeling that you're upgrading your career. Well, like it, at a certain point, it's impossible to progress to a certain, but it's not true so much anymore. In, you know, especially in product design now, you can go the principal route. Um, but what I discovered is that there is, I could apply my skill as a designer to to to, to teams and people like I could I yeah. could look at them as the product of my no effort, I know right? but it's like when you see the the movie we always reference this movie the Jiro the sushi master oh yeah and his restaurant is tiny he's and a principal. of course any any business person would say you've got such a strong brand why don't you teach 10 apprentices to become master sushi makers in your style and they will teach 10 more and they will teach 10 more before you know it you have restaurants all over the world and so much money but he's like i just want to make the sushi why would i go into this franchising bullshit when it just gets in the way of me making sushi yeah and i think that's the dirty side of of capitalism where we as humans are very competitive and prone to comparing and numbers are very easy to compare so you're like your numbers are better than mine i gotta get more aggressive blah 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 but the numbers are artificial, they're, they're abstractions, and it's not actually what you want to do. 
No, yeah, I mean, some people and really so, do. I, like, but maybe know. what I'm feeling in general is, and, and with NFT, it, it's such a financial instrument. Yeah, it can be easy to get that, make that the whole thing. Yeah, but yeah. then you see other artists and you're like, well, what they did is they hire a PR firm to manage the Discord, oh, and then they yeah, hire yeah. a team of seven programmers, whatever, blah, blah, blah. And you're like, oh, yeah, I want to win. I want to be bigger than that, blah, blah, blah. And then you're like, wait a minute. <laughs> That's Before you know it. Yeah. Yeah. And so. it's a This is a hard one, though, because I think. But it, the, I think the hard thing, just to finish it, the hard thing for me is, like, if you stay nimble and small, there's a chance also that you go to zero. And it, so it, the, this, it feels like you have to grow or you might disappear. That's oh, that's the feeling yeah. that capitalism gives any company. But one of my favorite points, and you know, take it or leave it, but like it's kind of a point I've made over time, is that even if you do, if you if you do one thing consistently over a long, long period of time, you will find some success. Like it's just like the law of like averages, and you'll find a community or whatever. It's you know, it, quite often that's really hard to do to just do the same, even to do something mediocre over a long period of time is really difficult. Like imagine you, you know, wrote one, uh, you you put one chalk line on the sidewalk for every day of your life. You know, the, for the first thousand days, no one would pay attention. But by the time, uh, you know, a hundred thousand days had passed and there were chalk lines, well, maybe there's rain, but like, you know, you get my point. People would be like, whoa, that's a lot of chalk on the sidewalk. Who did this, right? And so, you know, in my experience, Every time I've thought it's over, like I, my my career's like in the toilet, like there's nothing left ahead of me. I'm I'm no longer like hot or interesting. I'll get a call and someone will be like, yeah, like I you know I've always wanted to work with you, and it's like four years later. Right? It's like, yeah. and you just don't know. But then you know. It, 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 maybe what I'm trying to say is that, I, of course, I'm in a very luxurious position, so I'm I'm not in that fear of going to zero at this point. But right. The courage to continue to keep making work when the the world doesn't believe in you for a while to keep believing in yourself. That, yeah, that one is tough, and and sometimes it's also that's like, the key word though. But you can keep believing in yourself, but sometimes it's like, well, maybe this is not really my gift, and I have to search for something else. Yeah, but I think like um, the that word belief. Like I was, I know this is going to sound super cheesy, but I'm watching the. I just watched finished watching the recent season of of Queer Eye. <laughs> I don't know if you watched that show. Yeah, like, Christina like, watches it. Okay, yeah. I, I, it, I watch it from the corner of the room. Yeah. Okay, the last episode of this this season is with like a musician, and you know, COVID. He, he's you know, COVID is is apparent. Like it's early in the COVID thing. Maybe like um, six months, eight months ago. And he's like super depressed. He stopped making music. He's like, I don't even know if you can make music anymore. Like he's, you know, like a lot of us. He had, That's you know, a fair of, question. Yeah. Like, no, because he let live, yeah, yeah, especially live performers. Right. And this is like a live performance uh, musician. And so he's like kind of doubting himself. But the, you know, the guy that's in charge of like, you know, kind of recentering your soul comes in. And he's like, wait a second. Like what kind of. You, you know, example, are you setting for your son and for yourself? And like, who were you before COVID? Did you be, did everything that came to you? Did you know that was going to happen? And he was like, no, of course not. And he's like, well, then why would you doubt that, you know, if you visualized or dreamed? That of is something, very true. There's, right? I have to say, when COVID started, I was like, okay, that's it. This is the Armageddon <laughs> apocalypse. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. So like, you know, you kind of don't know. And of course, you don't know on the negative side, too, like all kinds of misfortune might befall us. But like, 
all kinds of fortune could be around the corner. But one of the things that I don't know much about, but I kind of want to like dig into it now is like people always talk about the power of visualization, you know, like visualizing a belief, like having a dream. And then, it, you know, that's the first, you know, first stage in, and I have read about this in a corporate context, so I can go there with you. But like, you know, say you have a dream of like, you know, having your first museum show. A lot of, it seems like a lot of these coaches are always like, the first thing you need to do is visualize having that dream, right? And then, you know, like figure well, out Well, actually, what's funny there. is with, with the museum show, you can literally visualize it as in take a 3D <laughs> software and start designing your exhibition. Oh, and sure. That's not, and that's not some hocus pocus. It's actually like, oh, I, I set up this 3D space and I don't have as much work as I thought I did or these works don't match and this work doesn't work in that space. And so I need to make expand on this idea or that idea. And so in that sense, because you're a visual artist, the idea of visualizing is actually your work. It's not, it's not coaching bullshit. It's actually, so I think a lot of the times in, in many professions, getting ideas out of your head and into a sketch, that's what you call visualizing as well. And it, I, I'm sure it's, it's clarifying for the maker, and then once yeah. it works, it's also what will help share the idea and get other people excited. So it's it's a hundred percent valuable. No, I agree, and I just you know I just inherited a new team at work, and they're kind of like depressed because you know their manager and their director because and there's it, no kombucha. No, no, actually, like it, well, in remote world, there is no kombucha. That that era is over. We've already done, <laughs> more than that. No, but like yeah. a bunch of the senior leadership on this one, this creative team left and they're super bummed and depressed. They're like, no one cares about us. And so I was like, Hey, like I could just start meeting with you all and we can start working together to figure out, you know, um, you know how this might work. But this week I led a workshop called world of today tomorrow, but I I've led this workshop a bunch of times. It's like, and it's a belief and hope based workshop. So I'm glad you don't think it's cheesy, but basically you describe the world of today, what I call here, and you write down everything that's negative about the world of today. And I do this with teams. And so it's like, okay, we don't have a design system or like, there's no manager, we don't have leadership, no creative. And so we write that down. And then I'm like, okay, great. Now that we have all that down, like what would the perfect world look like? The world of tomorrow. Yeah. But I I think just to be negative, Nancy, I think what's hard for people is if you've tried many times and it hasn't worked many times and someone says, well, why don't you write it down on a yellow piece of paper well, instead of a white piece Well, this is the thing. Yeah. And so I've actually, because I've done this many times now, like I've probably done it 30 times in my career with different teams. They always get to this point. It's like you have to do it every year, actually, because people lose hope continuously. This is like something I know. Um, and so you do that. And then once you have the world of tomorrow... You, by the way, the world of tomorrow I've in, on design teams anyway is always extremely boring. It's like we would have consistent design styles. We would have typography licenses and file systems and things like this. And you're, whenever you, a team looks at it, they're usually like, I'm usually like, well, do you think we could achieve these things? And they're like, yeah, I guess so. And and so then the <laughs> next question we I always ask, and this is maybe something that would work for individuals. I haven't tried it with you know artists. But it would be like, okay, so what needs to be true? And so that's the that's the most important question. To get from here to there, what needs to be true? And that's what your point was, which is like, well, you need more works or you need this, right? And that becomes like, in, in corporate language, I use the term roadmap, but you could yeah. use the term yeah. like, I don't know, journey, pathway, <laughs> whatever, whatever you yeah. want. No, but I, I think 
one of the reasons I moved to the U.S. and, and uh, why I still live in the U.S. is this enthusiasm that is n not attached to reality. And it seems stupid. It seems corny. And everybody's like, this is great. We're starting with the NFT thing. I really saw it firsthand. People are like, this is a revolution. We're changing the world. And my Dutch side is like, come on. <laughs> I've been trying this for 20 years. What kind of bullshit is this? Come on. Yeah. And then, you know, yeah, it, it's funny. Yeah. But no, I mean, I like your Dutch side. I think your Dutch side, I've yeah. met your Dutch side. I've met many. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. it's, I've got that side too. I've got that like, oh man, this is cheesy. Like, come on. Yeah. 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 And, and I think if you're in a symbolic meeting in a company where, Leadership says, well, let's just give them a meeting to give them hope, but we're actually not going to listen to them. Oh, so yeah. So they're like, put all these ideas on a piece of paper and we'll put it in a jar and we'll give the jar to the Okay, CEO. yeah. My final point here, though, is like, I have never done that. So this is something I take extremely seriously. Um, yeah, yeah. And then my, so because I've, I had to do this once actually formally at FreshBooks and we were losing like 40% of our engineering staff, right? So, you know, how do we rescue a situation where the whole company might collapse? You actually have to deliver. And so, of course, words mean nothing. Um, they're just setting the stage for action. And then what my thing is, is uh, I usually hold a, a meeting once a week. And so we're going to hold this meeting like World of Today, um, World of Tomorrow Today every week. And in that meeting, we deliver value. And you, it, part of it comes from me directly because it should, right? Like, how did I make the world better for you this week? That's the job of a manager. I mean, if you're going to manage yourself, though, I think it's your job, too. How did you, you know, kind of how did you treat yourself well this week to achieve your goal? Um, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, if you sat around and you just thought worried about it, I don't think that, you know, now I'm getting into like the Tony Robbins territory here, but it's like, there are no, real it, things it, you can do. It's so funny because a lot of things, when you just look at it with the, from a distance, it all makes perfect sense. It's like, of course you should spend more time on ideas than worrying about things that are not going to happen or might happen. And of course, but then you're still an emotional creature with all these fears and, and problems. I know. And, That's the number yeah. one thing. Um, there's all these studies. We did them at FreshBooks. There's ones I've read in various publications, and they say the number one thing that holds the entrepreneur back, and I apologize but this in entrepreneurial language, though, is usually themselves, which sounds like really like punching down, right? Like you're to blame, pull up your bootstraps. But usually it's like self-doubt is the number one thing people cite. Yeah. And where does that self-doubt come from? Sometimes... It comes from you. Sometimes it does come from the world outside of you, right? Like the people you hang well, out with. Well, it, it, it can also be you have a good idea, but you're too early or you're too sure. late. There, there are all so kinds many of variables. Yeah. yeah, I mean, but I think like if I was going to look back, Laser disc. Well, looking, you know, looking back on those I respect the most, they've had those self doubts, but they've they've built a community around them that know, you know, that recognizes when they're in that moment, right? Like, and I've done, the, I've started to do this more and more over the years. It's like, I have like a network of coaches that I work with. I feel like yeah. you're really good at this. Like when you're self-doubting, you give me a call. And then I'm like, have you talked to anyone else? And you've like talked to yeah, 10 yeah. other people. <laughs> and well, and, and then there's the, the, the funny thing, because you're, you're talking from the business side, which there are metrics. So you can say, okay, this is a great idea. We're going to fund it for five years. If it doesn't work, let's admit it. It's not working. But with art, you could say, I'm going to continue with this idea, even though it's not going to make any money. No one in the world likes it. I don't like it. I'm crying every day. I'm depressed, but I'm going to keep pushing till I'm 95 because maybe 
after I die, then people will get it. So it has this f- fanaticism. You can be yeah. as delusional as a religious nut and say, like, <laughs> I'm going to do all this crazy stuff, yeah, and was, then yeah. God will forgive me once I enter the gate of heaven, blah, blah, blah. So I do think that's an interesting thing that art has that... I think it's a wonderful thing in terms of, like, There's no metrics whatsoever. Like, you, you could say, like, oh... If you're not in a museum by age 30, you're a loser, whatever. But it's simply not true. Ugh, I hate that. Yeah, I remember someone telling me that when I was in my 20s, and it it ruined my 20s. (laughs) (laughs) I was, like, so relieved to be 30, you know. Yeah. Um, Mind you, I had been... But it's true, no? Like, you could say, like, okay, I believe that art making is me breathing in this rhythm for the next 40 years and mm-hmm. I'm not even going to film it. I'm not even going to tell anyone, but yeah. this is my art. Yeah. I'm going to put it inside of a fortune cookie and throw it in the ocean. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think yeah, yeah. again, uh, it does. There, I think you're right. Like it doesn't have a explicit use value, like, or yeah, some no marketplace metrics. that's there like, really are yeah. no metrics. Like, I think economic metrics don't really make sense. And critical metrics don't make sense because they're kind of in the past like the artist is shaping the future and critics are looking at it from before and comparing it to things before but here's a crazy thought like you know what if actually it wasn't just art that had that you know premise what if it was everything yeah so you're saying no I I don't agree with that like you you can't say I'm a successful lawyer even though I lost every case (laughs) <laughs> that's a good stress I guess test. I guess Trump is the ultimate of that it's just like I'm the best I'm the best I'm the best I kind of think yeah we're in an era where people some people have assumed that yeah, you, you know they point. can bend reality um, no but, I, I did notice that most people's jobs now is making PDFs in every line of work everybody's just making PDFs well in art especially I remember like the world runs on PDFs in the art world yeah it's funny because everybody's like no I don't believe in net art and then all the galleries are just making PDFs yeah, yeah, my old gallery that I left finally call, but you know, called. But also, me design like, companies are making decks for ideas that never get made, and people in finance—they're all making decks and presentations for products that get bought even before anything is made. So everything is potential. You know what's funny about that though? In tech, the Amazon culture swept tech, and now like everyone, people stop making presentations, and we all write documents. And, okay, and that's yeah, the yeah. Jeff Bezos way, which I guess Amazon is pretty nope. matter of fact but maybe people don't like, know we this we need to improve delivery dates Amazon has become um, culturally influential in corporate America yeah of course of course yeah um, as the, like one of the biggest companies but I don't know if the average citizen knows how influential that company is behind the scenes um, because so much of their management uh, and, and their management principles some of which are, are downright evil um, have become the like the, the standard do you use those methods yeah, yeah, but I I have to I try and Especially balance the both. evil ones. Not the me- evil ones. Well, like the evil ones are like you cut the bottom six percent of your team. I refuse to look at performance management that way. I have since I started. I don't think you give up on people. And there's this saying that's like you're not giving up on them. You're releasing them into their like kind of happier path. But it sounds like some that's kind that of movie like youth with and- George Clooney <laughs> yeah. where he fires everybody. Yeah. Like, this is exciting news. This is an opportunity. Yeah, yeah, exactly. To me, it just sounds like really corporate speak for like yeah you won't mind if i slit your throat and, and empty your pockets like but um sorry that's really visceral 
I just think Amazon has shown that they're actually literally killing. Spicy, this episode. Well, they're killing workers, right? So like, Jeremy, you're really going for it. I like it. Here's a PRFAQ. Know. That's what they call them, by the way. PRFAQ. Amazon kills, you know, a hundred workers and gets away with it because they're a market darling. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Um, take that. Take that, Amazon. Bezos. And Bezos but isn't the, even the, the CEO of the company anymore. I, I, I remember some artists saying the biggest fault of our generation of artists is that we're too professional. Who said that? I don't know. I can't remember. But I thought it was interesting because there is this pressure of the Jeff Koon studio seems to be a model that a lot of artists emulate. And it, like... Yeah, I don't sure. Know like many the clean artists room who say, like, I, I, I just make one watercolor a year and that's yeah. it. No, I'm in a bunny suit right now and like a, a pristine fluorescent white cube with my team of five people yeah. painting micro dots on a of, of a butterfly or something. Exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, this is a spicy episode, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the, the 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 ambition thing to me is is has always been a mystery. Like, what is a good amount of works to make? Like, I th- I was really busy the whole year making stuff and then the end of the year like oh it's only 16 NFTs kind of yeah that's enough how did I spend all that time making that it's like it's not that many I mean wh- and and like what is a lot I don't know I don't know like was it like Cezanne only did like 14 paintings in his life or something like that no Vermeer oh yeah Vermeer did about right? 35 35 yeah. yeah but they're they're incredibly detailed and in yeah but Picasso did like 12,000 or something yeah, yeah, like 12 a day or something. But um, they weren't, none the, of them were good. It was it, like, it's just funny when you're looking for answers in art and there just aren't any. There's just every possible mode of working is allowed at, at some point. But I mean, so because you mentioned early on in the episode, like, hey, what about, isn't that what you do with like, you know, ideas and people and, you know, like help nurture those ideas? And yeah, yeah. you're, you know, a, a lot of that. Um, that is my job. And here, here's the thing, like most of the time, very early on, everyone doubts like 99% of leadership, like especially junior employees, which you wouldn't expect, right? Like the most junior people on the team, like, nah, this is never going to work. This is total garbage. Like, and so in a corporate environment. Well, that's the thing I understand (laughs) because when you're, when you're older, you've seen your peers actually take ideas that seemed too good to be true and they became true. And you've seen the, the opposite as well. But you're on a longer timeline, so you have seen things happen. Yeah. And I think when you're 18, you see all of art history and you see all these incredible people and you're like, I could never do that. Yeah, yeah. No, I think that's a really good point. It really, th- that is one thing you get with age is the perspective that, yeah, actually, you can do that. And uh, I've yeah. seen it done. In fact, I did it or I was a part of a team. <laughs> in fact, <because> in fact. <laughs> no, but yeah. like, you know, you're Steve Jobs and you're making the iPhone or something. Like people didn't you know, believe it was going to be possible until it was. And then everyone was like, oh, this is obvious, right? Yeah. Um, right now we're at that moment with AR, you know, probably, you know, we were that, at that place with crypto for a while. Um, yeah, so I think like, I mean, my whole thing on this front, you know what my point of view is. Like, if you don't participate, you don't get to tell the story. Um You just get to watch, you know, and I'd rather be telling the story or like, you know, shaping it than sitting by the sidelines like I don't have very, I don't know I don't have very much time left but uh yeah I'd rather be a part of the story than than not yeah and and is there for you if you want to maximize the way you work do you ever think like oh I should be better at saying no and really focusing on 
the things that I do, what even in your day job or as an artist, like, do you feel like oh, I I need to be more direct and yeah. cut off the tasks that I shouldn't do? <clears throat> and I mean, since I was a young, very young, like I can remember being like thirteen or fourteen, and my dad sitting me down, he's like, Jeremy, you're trying to do too many things. You're a master of. Uh, you know, have you ever heard the term like? Um, it's like, um, what is it, the term? Master of none? Yeah, but that's not it. Like, oh, jack of all trades, master of yeah. none. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, uh, no, dad. <laughs> <laughs> and I I never took his advice, actually. Like, I've continued to do whatever my curiosity I think that's led the job of a, of a child is to run the opposite way the parents, yeah. parents whatever their advice is. Yeah, that advice, like, I actually kind of took it on and was like, no, fuck that. I have this fear of buying a home. Because, or not a fear, but just like this, like, ugh. Because your parents told you to? You know, because my parents, all they did is like, buy a house. It's the best thing you can ever do. <laughs> so, so I'm like, mine. okay, I'll go the opposite way, yeah. Yeah, well, I think, again, you're writing your own story. And so for me, actually, like, not focusing led me to my, uh, like, tech life and... And then, like, I started, like, training people that weren't even in my career in product management. And then that led me in a different direction. And I don't know. For me, every time I just get curious, I realize that that's what I really love. I love just, like, digging into something and figuring it out. And I don't want to be told you can go here, you can't go there. And so so I'm definitely, my brain is an unfocused brain. It's never going to be focused. Don't ask me to do detail, I always say. But some people are very detail-oriented and they need that focus. And, they and, you know, they can't they can't afford distraction. Yeah, I was. Yeah, I don't know. Like, the, you often hear about people feeling like they have too much distraction. And I know you've talked about it on the podcast, and you like download plugins and apps and everything. Yeah, I mean, I've spoken to a lot of friends who, as artists, feel overwhelmed with the day to day because there's there's a lot of production stuff and email and admin stuff. And I think if if a lot of people have a regular job, partly also because setting up your own company as an independent designer or maker. It's like eighty percent of your time you're doing stuff that's not making. So when you have the job, the company takes care of that, and then yeah. hopefully you can do. It. Yeah, and I've seen a lot of artists really suffer with the too much production issues and too much tax issues and and worries. And uh, you know, everyone wants that magical person who solves everything, so you could just uh, dream all day. But that doesn't exist. But you can like you st- you can work with good people. You can hire an accountant. I and I yeah. I'm proud that I ex- introduced you to an accountant or two. Yeah, you know, like yeah, she's great. Yeah. Um, and things get easier, you know, and you learn yeah. things, and they're less stressful the next time. And um, but I don't know. But I I hate prescribing this advice that you need to focus, even though statistically people who focus do perform better. They might you know might like in innovation. Lateral thinking is a huge part of how innovation occurs. So I, I just don't know, you know, because new ideas come from experimenting um, and jamming things together, right? So mm-hmm. it's hard to say, like, hey, you should just focus on painting when, like, if you combine painting with sculpture, you might come up with something new, right? But um, here's an example to make it more concrete. Uh, Casey Reese or Reyes? Uh, do you know I think it's Casey Reese, yeah. Yeah. Inventor of, like... So- uh, of uh, processing. processing, yeah, yeah. teacher at UCLA. Amongst, so he's doing processing, he's doing feral file, it's an uh, NFT yeah. platform. Head of department at UCLA. Head of department at UCLA, and he's an artist. And I was I was on a call with him because <laughs> I'm going to do a project with feral file. I'm like, dude, how do you live? And he also has kids. Yeah. And I, I have a, so I'm still 
underwhelmed by my performance always. And I'm looking at my performance of last year, looking at what I made, I'm like, ah, oh, not that much. I'm like, how does this dude live with two kids and driving around being stuck in traffic in LA and teaching in a head of media department and running a software platform and another software platform is and making work and I can barely make a bunch of animated GIFs. But he does have a staff. Like Yeah. I mean, because a lot I get this question a lot as well, just because of my corporate life and it you know, I you know, having a not for profit working um, in product design as a leader, working as an artist, yeah. having this podcast, blah, blah, blah. But I, I mean, I have a staff and I also don't, but the kids thing is where I, it falls off yeah. for me. Like, I don't know how people with kids do it. So if he has kids, no. like hats off. I guess we both have no experience. Yeah. yeah. Like he probably looks at you and I are like those spoiled brats. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no kids. There's, there's a, you remember the Louis CK had the sitcom Louis? Yeah. 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 Before he was like, called out for yeah being a Let, let's let's yeah. let's disregard that for a second but the, <laughs> exactly. the episode was about a bunch of comedians after the show sitting at the comedy cellar just joking around and they're all complaining oh, i wish i could feel lonely sometimes because they all have kids in a small new york apartment so they're just constantly noise everywhere and then todd barry is sitting there and he's the single guy who the the, the eternal bachelor he lives by himself and they're like what do you even do in a day <laughs> And he's like, well, let me tell you what I do. And they go through the day and he's like, he's sleeping in until 1030. Then he plays some games on his iPad. Then he goes to his favorite bagel shop. And then he goes to the gym. And then he goes to his... And it's just a very slow, mellow day with everything exactly the way he wants. And I'm like, that guy's my hero. <laughs> is uh, that what you said to yourself or is that what louis ck said because yeah I that's what it, no they asked todd barry in the episode like, uh, what, what the fuck do you do in a day because they're all running around taking their no kids i mean but like I, is that your hero personally like Raphael rosendahl's hero i don't think so my hero todd barry is one of my heroes yeah oh i see i see what you're saying but do, yeah. would you would you would you aspire to that lifestyle? I feel like when we talked on this close podcast, to it. we had a period. There was a period of time where you were like, "Yes, I go to the movies, you know, every day." <laughs> I, I, yeah, let me tell you that some shit happened the last year, and one of them is the dog. Yeah, that changed and things. It did change things, and it's actually harder to focus. And the the dog had surgery, so she couldn't go to daycare. Like we take her to daycare every now and then if we if both have a busy day. Uh, because she, you know, after she want the the little dog is cute, but like there's attention and the this and the that, and before yeah. you know it, you half the day. I, I know it sounds a bit decadent taking your dog to daycare, but you know whatever. But the the point is, we're talking about um, saying no, and I told Christina I can't do the dog anymore during the day. Like I just mm. can't because for me finding ideas, I always talk about it on this episode. It's so hard. Yeah. Like I joke that it's easy, but it's not. And if if I'm sitting down and like finally finished all the email and all the bullshit, I'm finally making an idea, and then the dog goes, I want attention, I want a snack, I want to go out. The, yeah. Yeah. No. So, so I mean, but that, I'm, I feel a lot better since I said no to that. It's like Christina, it's your dog. You wanted the dog. But that's knowing okay. yourself. I think if we get back to our original thing, which is like, you know, believing in visualizing a future, and then also understanding yourself and what you're capable of. And so everyone has like a, a, what is the writing hour? What is that thing? Like writers always talk yeah, about. Yeah, exactly. That thing. Yeah. Like in the morning or the, but the, it's a different for different writers, but like knowing when your writing hour is, which is like, 
Yeah, and and the the writing hour is such a good thing because it sounds so easy and it's just as hard as doing push-ups. Like it sounds so easy. Just do a bunch of push-ups every day and yeah. before you know it you'll be in shape. Oh my god, this is the thing. Okay, here's because it's a New Year's resolution such, you know, kind of podcast episode. Like the obviously I have to work out and that's my resolution this year. But like I hate it when I get like guilt on this thing because I I do want to live a healthy life, but also like the amount of um, of that type of habit that I've built, like around the stuff that other people are not doing, like creative habits or like, you know, to-do list habits and things like that. I feel like I've done pretty well. I don't need to shame myself for also not doing 10 push-ups a day. Uh, sorry, I, I shouldn't have put it that way. But you know what they say about habits, right? Um, yeah, 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 yeah. You know, start but it, small. It's also, it, yeah, the, it's all very complicated because if... If you listen to, there's a lot of Silicon Valley sort of optimizing your life podcast yeah, yeah, type yeah, of yeah. things. And they're like, well, all you do is like, you just eat one can of tuna every day and that's it. And a glass of orange juice and blah, blah, blah. And being an artist is supposed to be free also. So like the whole idea of art is like you hang out in bars with other people, you get drunk and you come up with create, and you have a weird lifestyle that's anti-productive and all this stuff. But I know what you're saying, because so, going back to your original statement during the holidays and you being in a kind of a funk, it there it's it being in that in-between stage where you're like not making um, and you're thinking of making, but you're not supposed to be making because you're supposed to be resting. That is very hard um, to manage. And if you're getting out of that, if you're in that mode, you know you don't want to be there, right? And you know that the only way to get out of it is to do but getting the start or or even knowing where to start often ends up being like like you said the put the first push up um yeah so sometimes it's just like i don't know this is me personally it's like what's the least i could do <laughs> and let me try well, doing it's, that it's, i don't know this there's, there's so many different examples like we were watching a tim burton movie and i'm like how does this guy do it? Make that many movies and have kids and have this and have that. Don't stop frame animation takes a long time too. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> and 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 then you see someone like Mondrian. It's like okay, one painting a year. Yeah, yeah, good That's job. That's it. Yeah. 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 Well, anyway, I think like the the bottom line for me this year is like, I you know just start small and continue like just being hopeful, trying new things. I'm gonna keep participating. And um, have fun. I'm not going to judge myself. I'm too old for that. <laughs> well, um, I really love your new NFT. So uh, we'll see. I mean, well, that whole yeah. thing is just to help other people. I've found like I get a, you know, I get a great amount of joy. Jeremy, you, you can, can also enjoy it. It's not. Just but I, I, here's the, me being honest with myself. I really enjoy working with other people, and I really enjoy, yeah. um, you know, I don't no, know. I, I, I learned that from BYOB that. It is very rewarding to work with other people. Yeah, I just love it. It's so much fun. Yeah. Um, and I don't want to die alone. <laughs> I don't have kids. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, um, but to our listeners, thank you well, for, for I guess listening. We'll, oh, we'll, uh, yeah. We'll, we can set oh. up some kind of artist retirement home for uh, artists without kids and we can all hang out there. Well, before, before we go, we're almost at an hour. Should I see if anyone's put a bid on this thing? Let's see if, uh, yeah. even though this is not a live recording. I tweeted it. Oh, okay. You, but it was a quick tweet, so I didn't okay. put a lot no of details. No bids. <laughs> Ouch. Okay. Well, anyway, we'll see what happens uh, and you'll you'll find out next episode or something. Um, yeah. Yeah. Ouch. <laughs> Sunday night? What? Nine o'clock? Isn't this the hot time? <laughs> Time they say social media Sunday nights, just kidding. No, it's all yeah. about putting the work out there. The, the rest, you know, 
I don't. Yeah, I don't care. Um, I do care though that if, if we get one ETH because I, I want to help out Pancake Gallery. But um, yeah. Um, anyway, thank you for listening. Looking forward to a year with you. I think we're going to keep recording all year. We'll see. Maybe we like lose our. Send in some questions. Yeah, that's what we Please. need. For yeah. God's sakes, we need some questions. We need something to talk <laughs> about so we don't just ramble. For universe's um, sake. Yeah. <laughs> and the field recordings were so nice while we were getting them. We'd love to hear what you're hearing uh, wherever you are. Yeah, record some farts for us. It's the one way that you can talk back without having to say anything. If, even if you don't have a question, just press record and we'll listen to what you're hearing. Yeah. Um, anyway, thank you so Bye, much guys. for listening. Bye. Bye.